Welcome to Vows to Keep Radio with David and Tracy Sellers. The mission of Vows to Keep is to help couples develop a biblically healthy marriage through the application of God's Word and a deeper relationship with Him. They desire to help you and your spouse grow closer to each other and closer to the heart of God's design for your marriage. Now, here's David and Tracy with today's broadcast. We are David and Tracy Sellers. And like you, we've made Vows to Keep. Today we begin a series about not living in a world of excuses in our marriage or living in survival mode. We're so grateful that you are joining us today. We're going to be taking some time to go through a series, and we're calling that series Trim It, Live It, and Prove It. And what this is talking about is not only how we should be in our relationship with God, but how we need to treat each other, how we need to live in this thing called marriage. So overarchingly in this series, we're going to be talking about trimming out the fat in our life. What doesn't belong and how can we make room for what does? Next, we're going to be talking about living it, not faking it, not putting on an act, not putting on a disguise or a mask in our marriage, but living what we say. And then finally, we're going to be talking about how doing these things will prove it. So we'll be wrapping things up there with a study in 1 John. Let's get started today talking about trimming it because we don't want to live in a world of excuses we don't want to live in survival mode and those two things are very common in our marriages this year david asked me hey tracy do you want to be in a triathlon with me (laughs) and i said no (laughs) i I I think i even begged just a little bit Yes, but I still said no. It was not something that I really actually wanted to consider. But I did start to do some research on triathlon. And I do understand now why people do it. In fact, 2 million people in the United States every year compete in triathlons. And here's their motto. Train your weakness, race your strength. Because not everyone is going to be good in every area. So you got to work at what you're not good at and be strong at what you are. From the sprint triathlon, that's the easiest of the races, to the Ironman, that's the most grueling. These are really gaining popularity with great speed. They include, David, I don't know if you knew this or not when you asked me, but swimming, biking, and running. And not swimming in a swimming pool either. (laughs) We're talking about deep water here. So recently, this young mom in Texas, she won her fourth triathlon in a row, and she beat her best score And she finished a full two minutes ahead of the runner-up. But I think the cool thing is she didn't do it alone. Her husband and two of her kids are racers, and they love to be competitive with one another, and they just have this camaraderie that keeps them going. Now, this woman and her family race to stay healthy. Others compete to win bragging rights or a trophy. Still others, they are in it to lose weight and maybe to prove to themselves, like this one guy, that even at age 72, they can discipline their bodies to complete the competition. So one racer said he didn't fit the average stereotype of most others. He said he was overweight, about 20 years older than most people, and he thought maybe he didn't even have a right to be signing up for this thing. But he wanted to be healthier. He wanted to push himself. But he knew that if he wanted to get to that goal, some other things in his life would have to go. You know, I was thinking about these same things when I asked you to do it with me. If I was going to be doing a 500-meter swim, a 12-mile bike ride, and then a three-mile run, there's a lot of changes that would have to happen in my life, like a lot of changes. We would need to cut out the junk food, uh, the pop, and just about all the things that involve being lazy around the house. Exercise would be a non-negotiable, which it's kind of not that way right now. 
I would need to put myself into the water in order to swim and gain strength doing that. And I'd have to start walking every day and then amp that up to jogging and running. I'd obviously need to plot out a bike course and do all those things to gain endurance. So I would need to stop any unhealthy habits and then of course replace them with good ones. And there would be a lot of things in my life that would need to go and other things that would clearly need to replace what would be left. Some of our close friends were in a triathlon about four years ago for the first time, and they had so much fun doing these things together. Do you remember that, David? They were the very people that inspired me, in fact. I saw them have so much fun challenging each other and challenging themselves. But I think if I did this, I would soon learn that the biking part is probably pretty doable with some effort, but the swimming is what might get me if I left the training to the last minute. Because remember their slogan, train your weakness, race your strength. Like one competitor said, the race is on whether we know it or not. And he was talking about the similarities between an athletic triathlon and this Christian race that we are on. I've never competed in an event like this, but the minute you and I entered this world, we began hurtling headlong towards a finish line. We actually are in a race, a sprint-like marathon that we'll only complete when we leave this earth. The Bible speaks often of running a race, and it is a awesome analogy to help us to be single-minded in our purpose and our devotion to accomplishing it. It's a word picture that I'm grateful God uses so that I can mentally see myself staying the course. This race requires four things. The first one is training. We have to train ourselves for godliness. Like it says in 1 Timothy 4, 7, this race requires discipline. Every athlete has to exercise self-control in all things. This race also requires discipline. 1 Corinthians 9 says that every athlete exercises self-control in all things. We just talked about that, right? Those things that need to go and those things we need to replace it with. And they do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we run this race to receive an imperishable one. This race requires perseverance. We have to run the race with endurance, the race that's set out before us, as God's word talks about. And number four, this race requires us to remember why we are running so we don't head in the wrong direction. Hebrews 12 says, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus because he's the author and perfecter of our faith. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if God is the Lord and master of you, then the prize you're headed for is an eternity with your God, that imperishable inheritance kept in heaven for you. Now, if you don't know Christ as your savior, you can, but at the moment you're on a path too. It's just a different one. The prize you're headed for is just temporary gratification along the way. And then an eternity without God. So we got to ask the question, which race are you in today? Either way, there is hope. If you're a Christian who's forgotten what you're here for, we've been there a lot and you can get back on the right path. And today we're going to talk in detail about trimming the fat out of our lives to get in shape for this marathon. And if you don't know Christ as your savior, he wants to set you on the path aimed towards him. There is hope. Our ability to run a race depends though on our condition. And most importantly, I would say it is about our spiritual condition, but certainly our relational condition, the condition of our heart. They all play into the race the Bible's talking about. And on Vows to Keep Radio, we're going to be setting the stage for getting fit for the race. In most cases, there are changes that need to be made. And that's true not only if we're going to run a marathon physically or just talking about life. But that doesn't mean that we have to stay where we are. 
I think a lot of times, David, we don't want to talk about even those changes that need to be made, no less make the changes. It requires us to get honest about our condition and then see what it is that we need to do, what, what things need to go, what needs to be added to help us to reach the finish line and hear those words from Jesus in Matthew 25, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. I think a lot of times we separate out what we would call our Christian walk or our Christian race from our marriage, but they are so tied together. When you are fit to run the race that God has set you on, then you are fit to fulfill your role in your marriage. Let's look at that from the flip side as well. If your marriage is unhealthy and you are striving to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, that is going to spill over into abundance into your marriage. We find it's almost impossible to have a healthy marriage, but an unhealthy relationship with God or vice versa. It's almost impossible to have a healthy relationship with God and an unhealthy marriage. So today we're going to ask this of us and of you. Are you fit for the race? Think about this for just a minute. If you are a hundred pounds overweight, you might realize, okay, it's time to make a change. So let's say you begin to eat a little less at each meal. You're making some progress, but you still eat eight meals a day. And your idea of exercise is going back and forth from the kitchen to the couch. Well, you're probably going to see a little bit of change on the scale, but it's not going to be significant. And you probably aren't going to be ready to sign up for a 5K anytime soon. So now you tell me what's wrong with my strategy. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) So if you begin to count calories and you set a limit for yourself for the day and you get your body moving, walking around the block, walking a mile, then jogging, lifting weights, change is going to be evident for all to see. You're going to be ready to be a man of action. But what about the treats? Um, like the ice cream we were going to have tonight? (laughs) Yep. It's all gone. The exchange you're making is saying no to what's excess and receiving all kinds of other excess in exchange. Before you got excess sugar and taste bud bliss, but now you've got excess energy, more money, Money you weren't spending on junk food. You've got the ambition now to get out there, to use your time and energy and resources for others. Something as simple as giving your wife a massage at the end of her long day. Do you have the margin physically yourself to do that or are you too exhausted? Early on in our marriage, we've got margin to give all kinds of excess to our spouse. But over time, we've added on the extra weight of responsibilities. We've added on the stress that comes with debt. We've added on hobbies and preferences that we have over the top of our spouse. Once we were willing to forfeit sleep, we are willing to give our time, our money, our energy, even our personal preferences. But as years go by, we slowly take back what we see as our own. It becomes our time. It becomes my money. It becomes my energy, my success first. We were willing to give up the excess in our lives. But now we're stuffing our lives with it. Then if I have any leftovers on my plate after I'm done stuffing myself to the brim, well, I'll divvy those out to my spouse as I see fit. But first, I'm going to make sure all of my bases are covered. I think we do that in a lot of different ways. Like, have I had any me time this week? Have I had my me time today? Because if I haven't had that yet, I tend to take that for myself before I'm willing to give. Have I done all the things on my to-do list? before I look at yours? Have I connected with all the people I had on my list rather than helping you to connect with your list? 
Have I watched that YouTube video or that movie that I was wanting to see? Have I made sure my Facebook posts are up to date and of course, awesome. Before long, it's Sunday night and we're exhausted from chasing after all this excess in our life. And now we've got a new week starting. Now we've got to wrap our minds around that. And we've got nothing left to give the first two most important relationships in our lives, God and our spouse. If you have a marriage question, please email questions at vowstokeep.com. Vows to Keep will respond to you via email and perhaps use it on the air. Now let's rejoin Vows to Keep Radio with David and Tracy Sellers. Yeah, the world would say that you should protect your individual rights in your relationship. The world would say being willing to surrender for the good of another is short-sighted. I mean, it's it's going to fail. It's going to come up empty-handed for you. You've got to look out for number one. Feed yourself first so that you've got fuel for the sprint. God would say that he is our provider, that he's given us enough to trim out what doesn't belong and enough to pour out ourselves for our spouse and for his kingdom. Where are you headed? What's your goal? You may have intentionally set one for your life, or maybe even for your marriage, or you might just be kind of wandering around. I think that on the surface level, many of us would say, yeah, we're on the right path. Sure. Yep. We go to church every Sunday. We are teaching our kids the Bible. We pray before meals. We're on the right path. But I think if we take a closer look at most marriages, I would say they fall into that last category, just kind of wandering without a clear purpose. For a triathlon competitor, they've got a set goal. They know exactly where they're headed. We've got to get ready for the race and get out there and do it. Too many of us have become stagnant in our faith and therefore stagnant in our marriages. So one of three things happens, and sometimes quickly. We forget that we are in a race. So we simply just pursue what looks good in the moment like veering off the course completely. Number two, we get stuck feeding ourselves and we get too fat to move. So we just sit down. It might be on the nearest bench of life where we camp out in number three. We're running, we're trying, but our feet get tangled up by the sins and the distractions of life. Paul talks to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 about this very matter. He says, no one's serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but that's exactly what happens in our Christian walk. We do get tangled up by the things that are all around us. He goes on to say, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. That's why we've got to get honest before God and say, God, my eyes are wandering away from you. Help me to fix my eyes on you. God, you are the author and finisher of my faith and I need your help to do what you've asked me to do. As I fix my eyes on that prize, on Jesus, it reminds me that I am carrying or I am tripping over excess weight in my life. And trimming this fat so I can run without hindrance might start with a recognition that my condition needs to change. So what needs to go in your life? What needs to go in my life? What's tripping us up? So in a minute here, we're going to get specific on some common fats, so to speak, that might need to get caught out of our lives so that we can run this race well. Fats that are affecting your marriage and your spiritual walk. But first, let's define fat. I'm going to define it as sin or something that without a boundary can become a sin. Fat, F-A-T. F is going to be for fluff and foreign objects. 
A for anti-accountability and T for thieves. So listen up. F stands for fluff and foreign objects. Not one of us can say that we don't have something that needs to go in our life. Whether that something is a sin or not, whether it's fluff or a foreign object, but there is a difference between the two. The foreign object is something that is sin, something that very definitely does not belong in the life of a professing Christian. You see, sin is a transgression of the law. It's a rebellion against God. If you've got a sin in your life, you can know it because the Holy Spirit is out there to help us. He was sent to convict the world of sin. We find that in John 16, 8. And the Bible clearly lays out what a sin is. The problem is that the fat that is in our lives is something we rarely see as sin. We excuse it continually. Otherwise, it wouldn't actually be there. We sometimes find that people know the consequences of their sin, but yet they don't feel convicted to do anything about it. We weigh ourselves on a scale of sinful actions. Is it better for me to have this immediate gratification of my sinful choice, or is it better to avoid potential future consequences? Usually the sense of immediate reward wins out. So if you have a sin in your life, it is affecting your marriage. Make no mistake. Many men think that they can view pornography, for example, and as long as their wife doesn't know, it's not affecting her. It's a lie. Now, fluff is a slightly different story. Fluff could be something in your life, like a hobby, like a friendship, something you just enjoy doing, something that's not specifically defined as sin in the Bible, and in and of itself, it's not a bad thing, not specifically a sinful thing, but it teeters on the precipice of changing from something enjoyable to actually becoming an idol, something that's ruling me, something that I am putting before God. If we allow them to, sometimes even good things can turn into something that alters our course, something that actually slows us down or even stops us dead in our tracks. Is there something in your life right now, something that's popping up in your mind? If it's fluff that's turned into a sin or if it's sin that's clearly defined by the Bible, it has to go. And we should seriously consider fluff that's in our lives that may need to go so that we have the margin to run this race well, to fulfill God's call on our life and to love our spouse well. So A in fat stands for anti-accountability. This one's pretty cut and dried, but hard to say and hard to swallow. If I'm avoiding accountability on something, it's almost a guarantee that it's excess fat that needs to be cut out. It's excess fat that is tripping me up every single day. Now, if I don't want accountability for something, it's most likely a sin. And therefore, I am adverse to God's word. I don't want to hear what God has to say about it. And I don't want to come under God's authority on it because I don't want to give it up. If you're sneaking around behind your spouse's back doing X, Y, or Z, that is fat. And it falls into the foreign object category. And therefore, it has to go. And the last one, T, stands for thieves. This is a biggie. This is anything that robs God or my family or my spouse. Anything that's in my life that robs my ability to be a steward of what God has entrusted me with. We've all got T's in our lives. Things that are stealing God's purpose for our lives. God gives us the teaching of tithe in the Bible, giving God our first and our best, but it's not just for finances. Proverbs 3 9 says to honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first produce of your entire harvest. 
Matthew 25 says, for to everyone who has more will be given and he will have more than enough. But from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. God is trying to teach us here to give to him first, to not take, 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 and try to fill ourselves up with the fluff and the excess of our life. Doing that, we never have enough to give away. He says, give to me first and you're going to have an abundance. You're going to have more than enough as Christians, especially as it applies to marriage. I don't have to steal for myself all kinds of things that I think I need because that ends up robbing, not just me, it ends up robbing my marriage. God calls us to be generous givers in our marriage. And I think about that in terms of you, Tracy, and how often I am blessed to be able to generously give to you. And when the same thing happens in reverse, how blessed I am to receive from you. Where are we investing and where are we squandering by being demanding? I'm not just trying to make you feel guilty out there. I want to set us up for change. And there's a huge difference between conviction and condemnation. You see, God has given us one another. We have made vows to keep. In what areas of my vows am I being faithful? More importantly, though, where am I not being faithful? What else is filling the gap? Margin never happens accidentally. There will always be something that fills the gap if we will let it. And this is where it gets personal. God has entrusted you to be his hands and feet in your spouse's life. Imagine how you feel when someone else blesses your child. Well, guess what? God calls your wife his daughter. God calls your husband his son. Consider the smile that you put on your heavenly father's face as you pour into your spouse's love cup with God's love for that man or woman. You remember the allowance your parents gave you growing up? I didn't get one of those. Okay, I didn't really get one either. But a lot of parents do give their kids that little extra that they can spend on what they want. So how much allowance? Here's the question I have for us today. How much allowance do we give ourselves? Because as an adult, I'm in charge of me, right? I don't have someone else dictating where I spend my money or how much money I'm going to get. Now, if I'm borrowing from one of my pockets to put in the next, something's getting robbed in between. Now, if I'm going to go shopping, for example, maybe not for things that I need, but just to have some time away from the grind. But at the same time, if I'm ignoring with the stress that David is under, or maybe some of his needs, I have to ask myself, am I being a good steward of the role that God has given me? Or am I being a thief of my own marriage in that moment? Are you robbing your marriage by gorging yourself at the all-you-can-eat buffet of self-indulgence? Next time on Vows to Keep Radio, we're going to look at some very specific fats. We're talking about sins or maybe something that without a boundary becomes a sin. A sin is that fat. That's the fluff, the foreign objects, the things that we run from accountability, and the thieves that are in our lives. Then we're going to get very practical, and we're going to go through the process of trimming out those fats so that we can run the race well and have margin to love our spouse, Tracy, and to fulfill the role and the responsibility God has given us in our marriage. We're going to trim, T-R-I-M. Trim stands for truth. R stands for repentance. I stands for immediately, and M stands for the marathon, because God has placed us on this path. He's put us in this race, and he doesn't expect us to do it alone. He's not the great scorekeeper in the sky waiting for us to trip up and fall. Sometimes I think we picture him that way. He's actually given us the body of Christ to cheer us on, to spur us on, 
So this week, don't isolate yourself from people. He's given you fuel for the race, his word. And he's given you the power of the Holy Spirit to not only convict you of sin, but to help you turn to the truth and fix your eyes on the prize. So this week, stay in the race, stay in the word, ask God for strength and courage to identify the fats that are in your life that may be slowing you down or tripping you up. Vows to Keep is supported by a team which includes biblical coaches, writers, and pastoral advisors. If you have a desire to serve marriages in your community, we would love to hear from you. Vows to Keep is a not-for-profit marriage ministry designed to bring God's encouraging truth to the marriages of our area. As a not-for-profit organization, our commitment to Christ-like marriages includes providing much-needed services regardless of a couple's financial ability to offset the cost of Vows to Keep operations. If you are unable to donate your time or abilities but would like to help support Vows to Keep financially, visit VowsToKeep.com and click on the donate link. This program is sponsored by Vows to Keep of Zanesfield, Ohio.